entitled, Who Moved My Cheese? Praise God. I think we have several, we have several copies of that in our home, in our library as well. If you're familiar with that book, this book and this story is about four particular characters. Two mice, two, excuse me, not two mice, two mice named Sniff and Scurry, and two very little people named Him and Hall. Now the Him is spelled H-E-M, Him and Hall. Now, all four of these characters lived in this maze, which, was rep which represents, uh, it, it represented their environments that they lived in. But in our case, it would be, uh, our environment would be represent just our lives in general as people of God and human beings here on the earth. Well, in this maze, in this environment in which these characters lived, these four characters lived, uh, there was cheese in that maze. And that cheese was representative of, of, of happiness and success. So one day, the mice, they paired off with each other, and the little people did the same as well. And so they set out in search of this cheese, and, and, and they came upon an area in the maze, in their environment, that had this cheese. And for a while, all was going well. The humans, these two little people, him and Hall, and they were, they were, they were happy with the routine, and they, but they were oblivious to everything that was going on around them. You know, sometimes we, even as people of God, we, we just get so locked in and we get that tunnel vision and we, we're just oblivious to everything that is going on around us as well. But now, on the other hand, uh, him and Hall, they were just oblivious and, and, and locked in and they had blinders on until the, concerning those things around them. But on the other hand, these two mice, Sniff and Scurry, they noticed that the supply of this cheese was starting to run so low that these two mice now decided that they would now set out in search for more cheese. And let's, for all intents and purposes, let's just say uh, they were in search of more opportunities for themselves. But now, the two humans, him and Hall, on the other hand, they counted on this supply and just felt like this supply of cheese that was in their maze would always be constant for them. So these two humans now were unprepared when the cheese ran out. And they got angry. They got real upset, got real angry. And they were filled with indignation at the unfairness of their situation. And they were angry and they were annoyed. And in and, and, and him, H-E-M, the little humans, he just demanded to know, who moved my cheese? Sounds like me at my house sometimes, and I'm not saying, who moved my cheese? All right, who moved this? Who moved that? And all those things, right. But now this other human, Hall, on the other hand, suggested to him that they go searching for more cheese. Sounds like the logical thing to do. But him was not having any of that. Mm. Why was him not having any of that suggestion? Look, let's go and search 
of more cheese. Why was he not having any of that? Because him was dead set on playing and being the victim. There are a whole lot of folk in life that you know that are going through what they're going through. They're oblivious to everything else around them, but they always come to you with their tale of woe and their sad story, and they want you to please stop and drop everything that you're doing and oblivious to all that you are involved in. Uh-huh. Stop and drop what you are doing because I need you and I need you now. I need some wisdom, I need some advice from you, and I need you to tell me what I need to do to get myself out of this situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but then when you tell them, look, you know, your walk with the Lord is really not where it's supposed to be. You've let a whole lot of things slip and slide now, and you know what I'm gonna say this to? Pastor Dora talked on it, you look, you used to be a tither, and then you slipped into tipping, and now you've slipped into skipping. So the first thing you need to do is to get your priorities and get them right. But they don't want to hear any of that because they're just so dead set on being the victim. Back to the story. You know. So meantime, Sniff and Scurry found more cheese and they took advantage of the new opportunities that they saw. But him and Hall continued to stay back and they began to blame each other for the situation they found themselves in. You know, there are a whole lot of people of God that are blaming God for Lord, you know, I don't understand why. Well, tippers, skippers, and tithers. Those who are faithful to God and those that are not faithful to God. All about priority. You see, him was comfortable with his old routine and he was afraid of the unknown. And Hall suggested that once again, that the two of them, that they go out and search for the cheese. But again, him shot that down. He didn't like that idea at all. You know, hey, I've got an idea. You know, why don't you try? No. Mm -mm. I don't feel comfortable in doing that. No, no. Anything that I have to do out of my realm, you know, out of my particular, in, in my lifestyle that inconveniences me in my lifestyle, I don't want any part of that. What? Monday morning first? No, I don't want any part of that. We said, uh-uh, too much going on. Sunday morning, 9.40, oh, you can get out of bed that early? You know, it's, it's a whole lot, a whole lot of folk like that when you present to them those concepts and where they should be prioritizing the things in their life. They shoot it down. They don't like good ideas, especially if it's going to cost them something. And I'm not talking about in their finances, but just in, you know, their willingness to want to open up and try and do new things or even do the minimum things that God has already commanded them and asked them to do. So after a while of, of, with him and Hall being in denial and, 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 and remaining without this cheese, now Hall begins to laugh and chuckle at the situation and then he realizes the light finally went on. 
Perhaps maybe he had a come to Jesus moment. He had a moment of epiphany, you know, as some even people of God do. He began to laugh and chuckle at that situation, and then he realizes that he needs to stop taking himself so seriously. Sometimes we just need to talk to ourselves. You remember when the scripture talks about when David, you know, he was, woe is me, and nobody cares, and I've lost my family, and I've lost all of this, and everything is just so terrible, and I'm in this bad situation, but the Bible says, that David encouraged himself in the Lord. We as saints of God at times, we just need to encourage ourselves in the Lord as well. Amen. Hallelujah. Well now, Paul started encouraging himself. And he said, look, I'm just going to stop taking myself so seriously here. But Paul now, he's, he's, he's yet afraid. He's still afraid. But then he decides to do something that was very bold and outside of his, his comfort zone. He decided that he would go in search of the cheese. But then there was something else that, that he got this other revelation. There was another idea that came to him. And along the way, as, as Hall was out in the maze and as he was in search of this cheese, he decided that now he would, he would start write, to write messages, you know, on the walls, such as this. If you do not change, you become extinct. But he was still, still fearful, and, and he, he was still afraid. But even in all of that, he began to take heed of the handwriting on the wall. If you do not change, you become extinct. But he continued on his trek and his journey, and every now and then he would stop along the way to write more messages. And here's another one that he, he wrote. He, he wrote this, what would you do if you weren't afraid? That's a big question for all of us people of God. What would you do if you weren't afraid? So now that was him, but now Hall, he began to worry about these what ifs. Oh no, these what ifs. What if, you know, you don't change, you're going to become extinct. What would you do if you weren't afraid? And Hall saw all of that and he thought about the ifs. You know, the devil comes to us at times too and he tells us, you know, well, if God is all who he said he was, and if Jesus did all that he said he was going to do for you, that he's already done for you on the cross of Calvary, then why are you in this particular state or this situation? And Hall began to worry about what ifs. Like, you know, what if it's too late? Even us well-meaning saints of God say, Lord, what if I just missed it? What if I just missed what you had to say to me and what you were trying to tell me? But a hall, even when all he was being bombarded by all of those ifs, and just like at times, we too, as saints of God, people of God, we get bombarded by the devil and his what ifs in life. But Hall didn't let those ifs stop him anywhere along the way. 
and there was something that happened. Lo and behold, he started finding little bits of cheese over here and over there. And what that did was it allowed him to start enjoying life once again. When you really get the revelation of who God is and, he, and that he is all that he said he is and that he will do whatever needs to be done in your life, just as he said, was it to Moses, I am that I am. And you tell everybody else that you come in contact with, I am that I am. The I am that I am erases all the what ifs that the devil is going to try to send your way. And when you get that revelation that God is, he is, he is, and he will always continue to be whatever you need him to be in your life, then that too will allow you to start enjoying life once again, people of God. Yeah, 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 yeah. So now, Paul, he begins to, he begins to smile again because he started enjoying life again. And he realized that when you move beyond, when he moved beyond his fears, and I want you to realize today that when you move beyond your fears, glory be to God, you set your soul free, people of God. Paul then decided that he would bring some of that cheese to him and show him that the possibilities that they had in front of them were not limited. I'm here today to tell you that all the possibilities, all the yeses and the amens that God has for you are unlimited. They are never limited by God because... We serve an unlimited God of far over, exceeding and abundant above all that you could ever ask, think, dream, or even to think about in your mind. Hallelujah. Oh, he was on fire, and he was just excited about life now, and he was full of joy, and he was happy because he got his joy back. Just think when you get your joy back, hallelujah, glory be to God, you have a new slant and an out, new outlook on life. But his buddy, him, was not having any of that. You see, him was still letting fear and, 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 and comfort hold him back. But Hall was disappointed with his friend, him, and who wanted to stay where he was and didn't want to change. That's why the Bible tells us as people of God, forgetting those things that are behind and reach forth to those things that are ahead and continue to press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Sometimes you just got to separate yourself from all those unbelievers. Look, if you don't want to throw them overboard, then you jump overboard. But somebody and something's got to go. Him stayed where he was in that woe, in, in that woe is me mode because he didn't want to change. But ha. Paul decided that he would continue his journey. 
And as he decided to continue his journey, the journey and doing what he felt was right, he saw the possibilities, his priorities changed in life. Yeah, and as he continued on his journey of prosperity, hallelujah, he found more cheese along the way, and he continued to be inspired by all of those writings that were on the walls. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. People of God, you know the Bible said, said that David said, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee, O Lord. It is the word of God that is written on the walls and on the tables of your heart. When you're in that woe is me mode and I can't make it in the what if modes and all of that, when you reach down, hallelujah, on the inside and get up underneath that fifth rib down there and you'll know that God is faithful and that his word is true, that he said he would never leave you nor forsake you. And he said that he has never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed beckon for bread. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Sometimes we just need to see the writing on the wall, people of God. Now, Hall, he never gave up hope that his friend would come to his senses, that he would decide to move on and get inspiration from his writings. But Hall finally found an area with plenty of cheese. Glory be to God. He finally found what he was looking for. You know, that's why the Bible says we are to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then when you do that, everything else that you've been looking for, everything else that you've been searching for, you'll find it. Hallelujah. Because God is faithful to his word. So Hall found that by letting go of fear, people of God, his reward was better opportunities for him in life. Glory be to God. Whenever, hallelujah, you let go of your fears, your concerns, and your trepidations, and you're not hesitant, and you begin to launch out in the deep, let down your net, hallelujah, you're going to get that barrier-breaking, net-breaking, bursting, pressed down, shaking together, running over harvest that God has got especially for you. Hallelujah, I'm preaching and ain't even, and didn't even quote, hallelujah, my text yet. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Just let go of fear, people of God, and you will find better opportunities. Glory be to God. So, the moral of this story, people of God, to decide if we're going to let fear of the unknown paralyze you. Or are you going to embrace the change that God has for you? Are you going to look beyond what you can see with your natural eyes, people of God, and enjoy new adventures? And be determined that you, going back to a message quite a few years ago, have a prosperous journey and enjoy what God has planned for you from the foundation of the world? Well, let me say this, hallelujah, before we get to the text. Then don't be like him in Hall. Be more like sniff and scurry, knowing that when it's time to move to an unknown phase of life, you can stretch out and go with confidence, knowing that change does not mean the end of things, but that change is just an opportunity to enjoy the ride 
and look forward to new doors that are being opened for you. People of God, don't be resistant to change. People of God, hallelujah. So now, hallelujah. Glory be to God. I'm in single digits with my time. Amen, hallelujah. But here we are here in the, the book of Haggai. Hallelujah, Haggai. Haggai. Back there in the Old Testament. Haggai chapter 1. Pastor Dory, you all in it this morning. All in it this morning. You weren't all in it, but you, you kind of put one foot in a little bit. You know, and took your big toe and stirred some things up for me on this morning. And I'm thankful for that. Haggai chapter 1, verse 1. And we're going to look at the A portion of that. And then also verses 2 and verses 7. Here we are. Verse 1. Haggai chapter 1, in the second year of Darius the king, in the sixth month, in the first day of the month, came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet. Mm. All right, that's just verse 1-8. So in, in, in this prophet, let me just set the stage here for you. So, so this prophet, this man of God, in all of his messages. Now the book of Haggai is not a very long book. But it's very prophetic, it's very timely. In each of the messages that God had given to Haggai, the prophet, to, to share with the people of God, Haggai tells us the exact time it was given to him and what he's supposed to share with the people. And you can see that there's exact time quoted here in chapter 1, verse 1 as well. And there are so many important things here in our lives that, yeah, mm -hmm, that we can, we can glean from this word of God. Mm -hmm. So if we're going to hear from God and from the Lord ourselves, amen, if we look, many things in our lives are defined by these points that we see here, not only in the book of Haggai, but throughout the word of God as well, and therefore all of us. So therefore, it's important for all of us as people of God to make sure that we have our spiritual antennas up all the time, all the time. Yeah, and that our hearts too are opened to hear specific instructions that the Lord has for us. So many times people would think it's for the person behind them to their left or to the right of the person in front of them. Oh, this word is for, is, 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 is for the person that's not even here in the service on today. But you know what? You know, the Lord is, we have to know that the Lord, he is speaking to us. You know, and he speaks to us in, in not vague impressions, but he also speaks to us in ways that we can understand, and he always gives us uh, the wisdom and the direction, and he always directs us to where we want to go if we will just be open to hearing from him. Verse 2. Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say, The time is not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. God had given them specific instruction to build the Lord's house. But people, as you know, are always going to be people. Whether they're people of faith, whether they're saints, or whether they're angels. They're always going to be people. There's going to be tippers, there's going to be skippers, 
and there's going to be tigers. Although God's word is so plain in Matthew, excuse me, in Malachi chapter 3. So these people had heard from the Lord, and God had given them instructions to build his house. But the people said, well, you know what? The time is not right. The time is not. Yes, it is inconvenient for me to do what God said he wants me to do. The time is not yet. It's not now for God's house to be built. And you know what, people of God? The same thing can still happen today. One of the favorite attacks of the enemy is to whisper in our ears and say, you know what, when you've heard from God, to say, psst, hey, listen, you know, I, I, I got you. You know, I, I, I know what the Bible says. I know what you heard in church. I know what the Holy Spirit has impressed upon you. But, psst, psst, but listen, look, look, let me just give you some inside information on here. Whispering in your ears. You know what, psst. Next month, do it next month. Psst, psst, psst. Do it next year. Do it after you, 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 you buy your house. Do it after you develop your career and, 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 and just put that on hold until you have your family. And then once you do all of those things, then you can really engage yourself and get not knee deep, but you can get fully submerged and you can submerge yourself in doing what the Lord then has called you to do. <laughs> it has been my experience over these last 43 years. It sounds like I'm getting really, really mature and I'm getting old, does it? Because I've found myself now talking about it has been my experience in quoting these double-digit years. But it really has been my experience over these last 43 years that people will make the effort to accomplish that which will always be to their advantage. You know what, and I'm, I just use that as a generality, but now let me just kind of, I'm gonna hit you with this. Well, I'm gonna hit you, that was just some little boulders, some little pebbles I was throwing at you. Now I'm, I'm, I'm gonna hit you full frontal assault. I'm gonna put the shotgun blast on you. I'm going to hit you with the brick right now. I'm going to hit you with the brick. It has been my experience over the last 43 years that we, I tell you for the people, but to we, will make the effort to accomplish that which will always be to our advantage. You agree with me or not? I know I'm preaching real good. But people of God, I'm going to close with this here. Hallelujah. It's never the wrong time to do the right thing. I'm going to say it to you again. It's never the wrong time to do the right thing. No matter what the enemy tries to whisper in your ear, no matter what other folk will try to tell you, if you always do the right thing, you'll never have to worry about the wrong thing coming upon you. So the title of this message that I will continue on next week is God's vision for us, the church. Finish the work of God. 
God said, and we read that scripture, just bless me. You know, when I read it on last week and, and when we said it, even when I've read it in the scripture, that God, he will do. He will hasten to perform his word in our lives. And he will, he will keep that which we commit and commit and give to him against that day. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like to support this ministry, consider giving online. Text keyword R-W-O-L-F-C to 77977 or through our free app. Search R-W-O-L-F-C in the App Store. For more information, visit www.rwolfc.com for articles, blog posts, message references, and our monthly calendar of events.